So as Justin mentioned, we're in the middle of this series called Family Talk. Um, and basically all that means is that we're trying to cover these topics that we feel like God has put a certain importance on. Uh, they're things that we would call values. Um, and today we get to talk about discipleship. But there's a few things I want to say before I uh, go into discipleship. Um, so this message isn't like a comprehensive list of all the things you should do as a disciple. Um, but there are things that, uh, through me praying about and doing a lot of research and reading about, there are things that I feel like are kind of the pillars of being a disciple. Um, and the other big part of why this isn't like a comprehensive how to reach people for Jesus is because, um, and in my opinion, I think, you know, and comes to Jesus on a different way. I think when I, when I read the Bible, I see people who, you know, have walked on water and then still denied Jesus later three times, right? Or I see a guy who only needed Jesus to speak and he believed that healing would happen, okay? And then you see other people who want to actually touch Jesus's wounds and the holes in his hands before they believe. So I think it's accurate and safe to say that people come to Jesus differently. And, and because of that, I can't come up here and tell you like, this is what you need to do. But I did want to focus this message on what I think we should do as disciples. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about what that means to be a disciple, because I think we need to worry about ourselves and our inward self most. That way we can be good disciples to people who need to know Jesus, who haven't met him yet. Um, so I'm really excited to get into that. Just wanted to say that beforehand. Um, and let's jump right in uh, after I pray real quick. Um, so if you just bow your heads and pray with me, please. Uh, God, thank you for this opportunity to um, talk about an, an important topic, um, one that you say a lot of things about um, and that we can learn a lot from you about. So Jesus, I just pray that uh, you'd give me your words to speak, Lord, that um, this would be all from you, God, that this would all be um, accurate from what you want us to learn about. Um, whoop, I'm clicking. And um, that we'd be challenged um, by this this morning, God, and that we'd leave with a, a better understanding and just that uh, challenge to be um, a better disciple for you. Um, so thank you, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the funny thing about discipleship is that that word discipleship's not in the Bible. It's something that um, we've kind of put in there, but the word disciple is, uh, it's used a lot of different times, actually. Um, and it usually means this, and you'll see it on the slide here. It's someone who follows someone's teaching, adheres to their teaching. Um, and we're fortunate enough that we actually have uh, a documented quote from Jesus saying what a true disciple is. So you see that in John, and it says that Jesus is saying, if you're truly my disciples, you'll adhere to my word, uh, that you'll abide in my word. Uh, so I want to take a second and look at that word abide because it means a lot of cool things that we can just glance over. But when you really look at it, I get really challenged by what Jesus is saying or his true disciples. Because when you have it right from the word of, like right from the mouth of Jesus, it's hard to dispute that, right? It's hard to make an argument against it because he said it. Um, so take a look at the screens with me and you'll see that abide means a lot of different cool things. And he's saying, you're truly my disciples if you abide in my word. We know Jesus calls himself the word. Um, we know that what he speaks is truth, and we know that he's saying that if you abide in it, then you're going to be truly my disciples. So abide in his word, uh, remain in it, don't depart from it. So don't 
come and go to it when you want to or when it you know, makes sense for you or when you have time for it. Stay in it, continue in it, uh, be present. And then lastly, I like this, to be kept, to be held continually. That's a huge challenge, continually. It's, it, um, that is just like, to me, it's like a big, okay, okay, continually. Uh, that's a big challenge. Um, so, as I said earlier, I want to look at these um, topics that I feel like, as a disciple, we need to hit on the most, because they're, they're what I'd call like the pillars of, of being a disciple. And um, as many of you know, uh, in the Bible, there's a man who asks Jesus, you know, Jesus, what's the most important thing? What's the greatest commandment? Because if we're to abide in your word to truly be your disciples, then what do you say? What are you teaching? What's the most important thing we can do? And I'm sure some of you know Jesus says the greatest thing that you can do is love the Lord, right? And he even uh, goes on to say love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I think what's really cool about that verse um, and something that we'll see as we like go over this this morning is I don't think it was a coincidence that Jesus said it in that order. I think he started with heart for a reason and I think he went to soul and then to strength and then to mind. Um, and you'll kind of see that unfold as we look at more things that like Jesus says about being a disciple to his disciples, but also in the conversations that he has with people. Um, so we're going to start with this idea of loving the Lord most. And to me, loving the Lord is really worshiping, right? Worshiping him, right? Like making him the sole desire of your affection. Everything you do is being based on him. If you are loving him and keeping him first. Um, so I'm really excited to share this story with you from John. You'll see it's, uh, it's a really popular story. It's when Jesus is at the well talking to uh, this woman, right? And we're going to dive into the middle of this conversation. And something that she says to Jesus, where Jesus kind of is like, okay, this is a great moment for me to teach you something, is uh, she had just got done saying, you know, okay, so she just recognized that Jesus was a guy who wasn't just some guy. Because he had just outed her on having several husbands. Maybe you know this story. And at that moment, she realizes like, oh, well, this guy must be at least a prophet because he knows this stuff about me, right? And she starts to ask him a question. And she says, well, you know, the Jews say to worship here, but then, uh, well, the Jews say to worship in, in this city, but my family's always worshiped on, worshiped on this mountain that we're at. And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let me just stop you there. You're talking about loving God. You're talking about worshiping God. And you're making the primary focus of that where you were at at the time. And Jesus is about to change the whole game up. He's about to change the whole scene. He's going to give you teachings. He's about to teach people things that they had never heard of before. Because she's wondering about where she should be to worship. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You don't have to go to the temple to worship anymore because I'm going to make you the temple. I'm making you into a temple because once I leave, I'm going to deposit in you the Holy Spirit. It's not going to matter where you are anymore because you're going to carry it on with you. You're the temple now. And I think this is relevant for us too because we need to realize, okay, we don't need to just worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., right? Because Jesus would say, in my opinion, you don't need to know the time to worship because you should never stop worshiping. I mean, we even see that in Scripture. It even says in heaven that worship's endlessly happening. I mean, does that mean singing? I don't know. I, I think it means a lot more than that. I think it means all that we do, all that we say, all that we think. And I think it's cool when you think about this because in this conversation that Jesus is having with this woman, he goes as far to say, 
that Jesus is looking for true worshipers, people who really love him. And he gives her this sentence that's uh, added a word at the beginning that says must. So you, he, you must do these things. And when you read that word must, at least to me, I'm like, okay, if he's saying must, then you can't really argue that, right? Like if he's saying you must do this, then I'm going to pay attention to what follows that because I better do it. And he says, you must worship with these two words, spirit and truth. And again, I think spirit and truth isn't, you know, it's not a coincidence that spirit comes first and then truth. And I think what Jesus is saying there, and from everything that I've read this week and studied for this, I'm not just pulling this out of my own opinion, is that spirit means that you need the Holy Spirit before you can truly worship. What this doesn't only do first is you need to experience salvation first. Jesus doesn't only say you must worship with truth and spirit in the New Testament in John. He says, I must be lifted up, right? That's another must in John. And now he's saying that you must worship in spirit. I think there's a huge connection there that it's saying, like, you need to make sure that you're saved before you can truly worship both in spirit, both in truth, to be a true worshiper, the standard that God is setting for what we should be doing. Um, and then the truth, well, we know from reading that God is truth, right? God calls himself truth. So you can have, uh, you can have worship with spirit and be genuine, right? I mean, we're not ignorant here. We know that there are other religions in this world, right? Like there are, there are people who worship false gods every day, right? And those people are worshiping in what they would consider spirit in their heart, right? Belie- they believe that. But they're not worshiping in truth because they're not worshiping our God that we know is the one true God. So when you read this worship in spirit, you're thinking, okay, I need to be sincere in worshiping in my heart and I need to have the Holy Spirit. But there's the second part that you need to know too and it's that God is the truth, that the Lord is the truth and that you need both of those things before you can truly worship. And, and I think that's something that is gonna challenge at least me and that you know, he's setting a standard here that you, you feel like would just kind of come... Like, okay, like I believe in God, so when I worship, I'm always worshiping. But he's putting an emphasis on this for a reason, and I think it's to say that, okay, just like you can worship with spirit and not truth, we as Christians need to make sure that we're not worshiping with truth and not spirit either. So, yeah, like you might know that you're saved, and that's awesome, great, but that spirit also means your heart too, heart, soul, mind, and strength. We need to make sure that when we're worshiping, in the truth, when we're here Sunday singing praises, when we're doing anything day to day, anything we say, anything we think, anything we do, that's all worship. We need to make sure that we're also doing that in spirit too. We need to make sure that, you know, it's not weird to ask God for your help in anything that you do, right? It's not weird to think about anything that I do today is going to be worship to God. Like anything that I do can be worship. It doesn't have to be singing here, right? It doesn't have to be in a church. You're the temple, you have the Holy Spirit. You, you can't just set it aside for the day and leave the house without it. You, you're carrying it. You have it if you're saved, if you know Jesus. So everything you're doing is an opportunity for worship. And that's what Jesus is saying. So like, as a disciple, as us being disciples, we need to realize, okay, I need to make sure that I'm saved first. I need to make sure that I'm worshiping in spirit, right? <laughs> so I need to make sure... That, like, that I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness for everything I say, everything I think, everything I do. Because once I get that straightened up with God, 
then everything I say and everything I think and everything I do can be worship. Isn't that good? I, th- I think so. Um, all right. So then back to what we originally said. What the greatest commandment was to love. You can, you can say it. The greatest commandment is to love God, right? And then he says the second is to love. Yeah, love one another, right? Love others as yourself, right? So I think, okay, this is a good place to look for a second pillar of what a disciple should be. And an amazing example of this, also found in John, is when Jesus is with his disciples, right? And all of a sudden, he gets up from where they're sitting, and he starts to take off his his own outer robe and starts trying to wash his disciples' feet, right? You know this story? Have you heard this before? Gets a bowl of the disciples, starts to do it. I think, I, I love this story because I'm a huge fan of the disciple Peter. And it just, it makes me laugh when I read this because Jesus starts to do this and Peter's like, and coming around my feet. Like, no, like, no, no way. And, but then as soon as Jesus explains to him, like, no, actually you need me to do this so that like you can be a part of me. He's like, okay, then wash all of me. Like, don't just stop at the feet. Like, do my head, do my hands, everything. And <laughs> that, that just makes me laugh. But... <laughs> but what I think is cool in this story that we sometimes miss is who is Jesus uh, washing? His disciples, right? Sometimes I think we get caught up as uh, being people who should only go and reach those who don't know Jesus and serving them. Jesus is serving his disciples. So we need to make sure that we're not only serving people out there, but we need to be serving each other in here. Something like I struggle with is like sometimes I I think I have the gift of gab a little bit and like I can experience something with someone and be like, oh, you know, they got really rubbed me the wrong way. Bray, and like I just want to go and talk to Bray about it. And she's like, she usually has something good to say like you're overreacting or uh, like (laughs) something like that. Like, oh, here's a a fun story. So this morning, this is awesome. I woke up, uh, you know, I was going to wake up early, make sure I had everything together. So it's like, you know, it's morning. I think I'll go take a hot shower and uh, turn on the hot water. And cold water is coming out. And I'm like, this is taking longer than usual. But I'll just have some patience. And I s- step back. I-, I didn't step back. I, like, halted back and screamed a little bit. But, <laughs> but the, the hot water didn't come. It just it didn't. And I was like, oh, I've experienced this before. So I go and... Like, Bray, where's the screwdrivers? And, you know, she's asleep, and it, that didn't go well. But So I'm crawling under the house, because <laughs> we don't have a basement. We have, like, a crawl space under a house. And it's, like, 7 in the morning, and I have, like, my cell phone flashlight, because, you know, that's the, the tool that I use most. And <laughs> sure enough, I get under there, and there's, like, standing water below the hot water tank. And I'm like, oh, the pilot light's out. And the pump that usually takes out the excess water is clearly not working. So I was just like, oh, there's nothing I can do about this. But what an awesome start to the day. <laughs> so I go up and tell Bray, and I'm just like, the hot water's gone. You know, like the pilot lights out, blah, blah, blah. And she basically just gives me the reality check. Like, calm down. It's fine. Like, you can, we're good. Like, it, well, it'll come back. We'll get it fixed. And uh, she was right. She kept, me, she kept me leveled, so that was good. And I was just thinking about that, like, during even just worship this morning. Like, man, I'm throwing a fit over, not, over hot water that is going to come back. And, like, 
man, there was a time when hot water tanks weren't even a thing. Like, I need to get over it. Um, so that's what I did. I got over it. But, <laughs> but there's, another cool, there's another cool part about this story. And if those of you who know me, know me, I love to read and learn. And I say lots of stuff that some people think are boring, but I think it's cool. So Jesus is washing these people's feet, right? These disciples' feet. Um, but fun fact, where's Anthony at You'll like this, Anthony. In the Old Testament, they used to wash people's feet, uh, priests' feet, before they'd go into the temple. Okay, And they did that because their feet had to be clean, so when they went inside, they wouldn't die. Which is a big deal. You don't want to die. So is wash, washing their feet. But look at this in the New Testament. Jesus is washing his disciples' feet because they're becoming priests and saints. Isn't that cool? That's like, man, Jesus, Jesus is always doing stuff like that. Like, he's having a conversation, and he's saying stuff to you, and you don't even realize what he means. Like, he's telling Peter, like, you need to let me wash your feet, or you're not going to be a part of me. And he's really meaning, like, you're going to need the washing of what I'm going to do on the cross, or you're not going to get a part of me. And Peter hears it as like, okay, well, then just wash me all over. Like, but he's saying more to that. Just like when he's washing his feet, he's like, Peter's like, okay, like, when we sit on, at the table to eat, like, they sit on the ground. You know, they're not, like, on bar stools or anything. So your feet are, like, they're up there. And you're walking around in sandals and the sand and, like, you know, things get, there. So <laughs> it would be easy to think, like, oh, he's washing our feet because that's gross and we're sitting here eating and feet are in faces. But he's doing more than that. He's really saying, like, I'm washing your feet because I'm establishing you as a priest at the same time as a saint because of what you're going to do because you're going to serve just like I'm serving you. And not just people who don't know me, but people who also already know me. Because he gets up and he gives them a good commandment, and he says, you should love one another as I've loved you. You know that one? Yeah, I'm sure you guys do. So, uh, yeah, let's see where I'm at here. I think I can ask the team to come back up if they'd like. I hope they say yes. Um, <laughs> Which is going to bring me to the, uh, my last point. And again, like this isn't a comprehensive sermon on everything that we should do as Jesus followers, right? Because the first thing we said was we need to abide in his word, right? We need to continue in it. So I could never tell you everything that you need to know from Jesus. Jesus needs to do that. So you need to make sure that you're staying in your word, being continual in it to keep yourself up to check with the standards he's setting for you. All I can do is say like, hey, I've prayed about it and I think these things are the big columns of what we should do as disciples and hopefully have challenged you in some ways about that. So, so far, we know that we need to love God first. We need to worship him and worship him the way he sets the standard to, yeah? And we know that we need to serve people because he, as God himself, served people in the lowliest way. So we surely can do that same thing. And now this last part, we're going to talk about witnessing. Um, now, I know like a week or two ago, um, when we were like alluding to this topic, we said we were going to talk about discipleship and like evangelisms and stuff. Um, and you know, I, I think there is a dispute between some believers between discipleship and evangelism because you have like one argument that's like, no, you need to disciple people and like they need to know about Jesus and then be, you know, like, taught in his ways and baptized and stuff, and 
And then the evangelists are kind of like, no, like we need to get outside the church and reach people who don't know Jesus. And I think Jesus would say like, no, we need like both of that. Like we need, you need to tell them, but like we also need, we need follow up too. And I think you see that. I think there's biblical evidence of that. Like in, in Matthew 28, when Jesus gives uh, what, you know, you call the Great Commission. He says, you know, go and make disciples and baptize them and, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them my commandments. But then in, in Acts in 14, you see this same word, go and make disciples, used because we know disciples used as a follower, but sometimes it's used as a verb. So you see it in Acts as well, and it says they preached, it should be up there, it says they preached and made disciples. And it doesn't mention anything about baptizing or teaching them commandments or any follow-up with them. And I think there's kind of this like little argument that's going on sometimes between uh, people in the church. And I think we need to just kind of get over that and just say evangelism is important. Like telling people about Jesus is important. But so is discipleship. And so is making sure that like we're good to go before we go out and go, right? But I think a cool thing about evangelism is that sometimes we leave out this part is that evangelism can be a lot more than just telling people about Jesus. Like evangelism can be going and handing out socks to people who are homeless and need clothes. Or, you know, evangelism can be helping out someone who just lost their job and needs some help, you know, so the church comes together and helps them. Or, you know, evangelism can be going out to, you know, someone who just, a wife who just lost their husband and, you know, is in a place where they don't know what the next step is. All this outreach is still evangelism. It doesn't just have to be like, hey, do you know Jesus? Okay, cool. See you later. Like, outreach can be more than that. Evangelism can be more than that. Um, and I think that's something that like, we need to take note of, too, as being disciples. Is it's like we're called to do a multitude of things. And this last song that we're going to be singing, um, it's called So Will I. I, hope it's, I think it's called that. I don't know if there's some other <laughs> hill, song, hill song title to it. But it, it, it's basically saying like, hey, Jesus, if you did this, then I'm going to do this. It, it's not like, you did this, but I'm not like really comfortable with that, so I'm going to do this other stuff more. I don't, I don't think Jesus would, I don't think that would float his boat so, like, to speak. You know, like, that's not cool. Like, if, if he did it and he asks us to do it, then we need to do it. And like, uh, I was on the edge about sharing this because I, I'm not trying to come across as anything special. But so like for a few weeks now, on Thursday nights, I've been going out with Brian and Phoebe and, and Paul, and uh, we go out and hand out, like, socks and deodorant to um, people who are staying at the Bartlett house or living on the street or really just living on High Street, and we run into them. We, and, you know, we just ask them, you know, like, hey, how are you doing? Do you need any of this stuff? Like, is there anything we can pray, pray with you about? Like, and this is something I never, never had done before, like, Totally un- like uncomfortable zone for me, but what's really cool is that God has been faithful in every time that we've gone out and done that, like so faithful. And there's a, a really cool verse that I came across when I was studying this whole topic of like evangelism and telling people about Jesus, and it's something that like I'd read over before. I'd read it. It's in the Gospels. You know, when Jesus is praying in uh, in the garden, he's he actually prays for the disciples' words. Like, he doesn't say, like, God, sanctify them for my word. Like, he says, no, for their word, so that when people would hear them, that they would, that they would believe. And man, if Jesus would, is praying for his disciples' words to be taken 
and believed by people, then like, we can do that too. Even if it is uncomfortable, even if it does kind of like weird you out or you're on that verge of like, if I say Jesus to this person, are they going to like go all crazy on me for mentioning that? And, you know, a cool thing that's happened is because I've been doing that with Brian, um, it's given me more confidence to talk about Jesus to people, which is like, it sounds like a crazy, terrible thing to say because I'm a youth leader and you think I'd be able to do that better. But, but so I was at work the other day at lunch and lady was behind me and she just looked like she was having the kind of morning I had and like just not happy. And I just got to talking to her and you know, like her brother was getting treatments for cancer and she was having a rough time, not sure what was going to happen. And you know, like I didn't change this woman's life or anything. All I said to her was like, well, you know, does he, does he know Jesus? Like, does he know him? She said, well, like, he got saved when he was younger, but I don't really know because I haven't talked to him about it since then. And everyone's always around because he has all these visitors, and, like, I just can't get a word in. I was like, well, let's pray for, like, that appointment to happen. Let's pray for you to get a time just to talk to him. Have you done that yet? And she was like, a light bulb went off, and she's like, no, like, I haven't. It's like, well, let's do that. What's his name? And I got his name. Can't tell you that's a HIPAA violation. You know, I can't do that. But... <laughs> But I got his name, I got his name, and before I left, I said, hey, I'm going to be praying, praying for his name, and uh, I said, I hope you feel better, you know, and I said, I shared with her, I, oh, I should know it, but it's that verse in Philippians where it says, you know, the peace of God will uh, protect your heart and your mind, you know, the peace that surpasses all understanding, and I said, hey, like, I, hope, I hope you feel better, and she said, I already am, it's like, cool, like, thank you, Jesus. Like, that wasn't me, you know, like, that wasn't me. But just something that little. Does he know Jesus? That was it. I wasn't like, well, you know, it says here in, like, in the original Greek. No, like, I, it wasn't any of that. It, it wasn't any of that. It was just that. Does he know Jesus? I changed everything. Just that. So, I don't know, if I could challenge you with one thing, it's just that you would abide in his word, that you would remain in it. One sermon's not enough to take you all the way to, to do your whole life with Jesus. You have a challenge to do that. And when you abide in that, you'll see what he says, and you'll see what he's done, and what he asks us to do. And this is the perfect ending because you're gonna all get a chance to not just sing a song, but actually declare, Jesus, if you did it, then you know what? When I say so, will I, I mean it. I mean it. So when you're worshiping with this awesome team up here, take a moment and think about what you're going to sing. And maybe don't sing it until you actually have that moment where you're like, okay, Jesus, I will. I will. Uh, would you guys pray with me? Lord, thank you, for, thank you for your word. God, thank you that we have the opportunity to abide in it, that we're free to do that, that, that we can talk about you without fear of persecution or, or fear of being hurt or locked up. We can do that here. God, you ask us to do a lot of things. You ask us to do more things than I said this morning. But the thing that you said was most important was to love you most, to love you with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, with our strength, with our mind. Mind's last. He says it lasts. Sometimes you just have to do it. Even if you're not there yet, even if you feel like you're not there yet, 
You just need to do it. Have faith. Have faith. If you're there and you have any inclination that, man, Jesus, I don't, I don't know if I actually ever asked you to, to be my savior. I, I'm, I come to church and I know about all these things you do, but I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm there. I have this inkling in my chest that like, I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed to say something. I'm supposed to pray something. That could, that could be you. Or maybe, maybe you've done that before and you're like, man, it has been some time. Like I, I used to be like that, but I got so wrapped up in what's going on with work or family or finances or illness, whatever. I haven't been doing any of this disciple stuff. I, I don't let you think I can remember the last time I talked to Jesus other than when someone's talking about him. Maybe that's you. But you can start right now. You can restart right now. So let's go with, uh, if you don't know him yet, if you never prayed and asked him to be your savior yet, I'll start with you guys first. Go ahead and just look up at me and you don't have to raise your hand and you know I'm not gonna call you up on the stage and anything like that. But at least if you do that, you know that we're gonna pray right now and you're gonna pray to yourself right now and something huge is gonna happen in your life. Some game-changing moment's gonna occur because you're accepting the king of the world to be your savior and he's gonna start guiding your life in ways that you didn't think he would do, but he will. And everything's gonna be different. It might not be a light switch change, but it might be. But if that's you, you can look up. Okay. All right. And maybe you've done that before, but maybe you're like, man, I have been off my game. I have not focused on God at all. I've been all about me. I've been all about this other thing in life that's taken up all my time. But, man, I need to restart, and I need Jesus' help to do that because what he's saying is right. I can feel it. Like, that's true. I've experienced that before. I've felt that before. I want that back. Maybe that's you. If you look up right now, we can pray for that too. And, and man, you'll get completely re-engaged. God doesn't just abandon you. The song we sang first, no amount of you know, fear can change the promises you made. If he makes a promise, that's it. Nothing's gonna come between that. If he said it, then he meant it. And it's that. Live in that. Walk in that. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe any fear that says you can't because of this or that you could and now you can't because of that. No. Nothing can change the promise he made. What he said stands true yesterday, today, tomorrow. Nothing can change the promise he made. And he promises to make you a saint. He calls you a saint. He equips you. He doesn't just say, you know, oh, you three, you're qualified. You come with me. I'll see the rest of you later. No. He calls you and he makes you able to do his work. He made the works beforehand so that you could walk in them. He's done that for you. Jesus, I thank you, God, for the standard you set as a disciple. I thank you for the Holy Spirit so much because we could not do it without, without the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for anyone here, Lord, that doesn't, doesn't know you, that they would they'd ask you to be their Savior, Jesus, that, they, that they'd invite you into their heart, Lord, to to forgive them for their sin because you're willing to pay the price. God, you set, you set the punishment, but you said, I'll take it too if you just let me. God, I pray that they would just have the faith to believe, Lord, that you would just change their lives this morning, God. And Lord, I pray for those people who, who need a restart up, a, a, a spark that need ignited again. 
you know, the, the flame's not out, but maybe it's, it, maybe it's dwindling. God, you'll step right in and change the scene because of what you can do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.